Blog Talk Radio. All right, fans, here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women in the ring. Radio.com forward slash two minute round. My name is Felipe Leon, and with me always is my co host, Mr. David Avila. David, how are you doing tonight? Very good, Felipe. How are you? Good, good. Thank you very much. And from the Bay Area of California, we have Lupi. Hey there. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, good. Sorry, Hi, we had a little bit of. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty at the beginning of the show, but we are live now. Uh, we were a little bit late on not only today a little bit, but just a couple minutes, but also on a week because uh, usually we have the show every other week. But uh, uh, Mr. David Avila had some things going on last week, so we weren't able to have it. But we're here now. We're here now. We're ready to talk about all the fights that went down in the last two or three weeks around the world in female boxing and also what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Our next show is scheduled for July 11th, and that's when we'll be talking about the upcoming calendar. Um, and as well, tonight, like always, we have a very special guest. We have the WBC Super Middleweight Champion of the World, Ms. Franchon cruz Desern, joining us in about 15 minutes, and she's going to talk to us about you know, what is going on with her career. She bid, uh, She made a big signing, becoming one of only three female fighters under the Golden Boy banner. Golden Boy Promotions is one of the biggest promotional outfits out there. They have a, a big agreement with The Zone and, um, and other outlets, not so much ESPN anymore, but they also put on some cards on Facebook. And um, now they have uh, Franchon Cruz Desern along with Sinesa Estrada, the WBC Super Life Slyweight Champion, and uh, Marlene Esparza, who is the WBO NABO flyweight champion. So now they're all under the same banner, different weight classes. Um, so we'll talk to her about that and about other things that are going on in her life, not only in the boxing ring, but outside of it. She's a very talented singer, and it looks like she's making some moves in that realm as well. Uh, the call, the number to call in. Uh, if you want to talk boxing with us, is three two three five eight zero five seven. I know that's yeah, that's the call. that's the number three two three five eight zero five seven three five three two three five eight zero five seven three five. And why don't we get started here with the fight results starting on Friday, June seventh, from Athens, Greece. Christina Linazartu scored a unanimous decision over Deanna Hobbs to defend her WBO 145 pound title. That was on a Friday, and on Thursday from the Avalon in Hollywood, California, June thirteenth. Golden Boy Promotions gave us on the zone the main event. First time a woman has uh, been the main event on the Golden Boy Promotions card in the history of that promotional company. And the uh, honor befell on Ms. Inez Estrada from East LA, who scored a fourth-round TKO over late sub Gretchen Abaniel 
and a scheduled 10 rounder. She defended her WBC silver 108 pound title. David, you were in the house. What did you see that night in Cines Estrada? Uh, yes, uh, I was there and Lupi was there. And uh, basically, she got her fifth straight knockout with uh, some vicious body punching that uh, it's kind of shocking when you see somebody that size. She weighs about 105 pounds with that kind of power uh, blasting out somebody. But I was pretty impressed by the power. What about you, Lupi? You know, um, yeah, I, I love those body blows. Um, Gretchen came after her. Like, she came out strong in the first couple rounds. And Sunisa just has those body blows that she just she couldn't take. You know, and Sunisa, she's a, a fighter who's ready for a world title match. I agree with Lupe on that, and uh, and you know what? I was kind, of, I was impressed as well. I mean, the the opponent, quite honestly, it wasn't, you know, she wasn't at the level of Estrada, but like I said, she was a late sub, so you could only expect so much when you don't have that much time um, to get a reasonable opponent. Uh, originally, it was going to be Yocasta Valle, who has experience at the world class level, but unfortunately, there were some visa problems with her team, and she wasn't mm-hmm. able to. Uh, make the fight, so Golden Boy had to do what they needed to do and scramble and get an opponent for Sinesa Shah, like we mentioned and she was the main event, and it was in uh, Hollywood, California, which is only a hop and a skip away from East LA, where she comes from, and she is a very popular fighter in the LA area um, I, I I agree with Lupe too, that Gretchen, I thought she was going to go the distance, or at least go a little bit longer, but all of a sudden in the, after the fourth round, she called it quits, did you get a chance to Talk to her, David, or find out, uh, you know, if there was something else besides those body blows that made her stop. Because even in that fourth round, she she seemed like she was keeping up with Estrada. Well, well, it was toward the end of that round that I saw uh, Sinisa connect with a with a shot, and I kind of knew that that was going to be the end. I said because I just saw her face change, uh, mm. Gretchen's face, and I said I don't think she's going to make it. And sure enough, she called it off, and uh, I, I kind of saw that. It was just one particular shot that Sinisa dug in, and she was really mm-hmm. digging in. And it was like she was yeah. saying, I don't care about defense. I'm going to take you out. Yeah, and many times those those body shots are even more devastating than head shots because, like you say, I mean, you could be doing great, and all of a sudden you get uh, a well-placed body shot, and those that pain lingers a little bit longer than perhaps – a shot to the head, um, it just stays there, and it's very hard to breathe when you get hit in the body, and I think that's what uh, that Widow did it for Gretchen. So, Sinesa, like you mentioned, uh, scores her fifth knockout in a row, something that we have not seen in her career. Uh, she has said it quite uh, extensively here on the show, and another interview that we've had with her is that now that she has a promoter, she is able to, you know, uh, know when she's going to fight again and train for those fights and, and fight at her weight class, whereas before she was fighting a little bit heavier, and now she can concentrate on that power, and it's showing because she has scored five knockouts in a row. Yeah, you know, I talked to Gretchen after the fight. I went um, in the back, and I just told her congratulations, and I said, what happened? And she wrapped the towel around her. She looked good. She looked fine. She goes, too tough. It's too tough. And I think mm. – what you said, like it, it stuns her then in the ring, but she was fine in the back, but she looked fine. But yeah, in the ring, she was stunned. Those hurt. Those yeah. hurt. 
And now, before we move on, Estrada did mention that um, her and her promoter, Golden Boy Promotions, and they have a lot of power. I mean, they have the money, they have the resources, they have the, the TV outlet or the app outlet to be able to put on some pretty big fights. Um, who knows? I don't know. Even though, besides, despite of that, I don't know if they're willing to, you know, invest a lot of money into their female fighters. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, in the in the maybe fifties and sixty thousand dollars, or maybe even the forty thousand and thirty thousand dollars to put on one fight. But Estrada did say that they're looking to challenge uh, the WBC light flyweight champion Yesenia Gomez in September. Maybe she was hinting at maybe on the undercard of Canelo and whoever he's fighting on September 16th or that weekend. So we'll see if that happens. Um, so we'll see. Any rumors on that, David, or any inside information that you might be able to share? Uh, no, I know that that's what they're, they're gunning for. Basically, they're trying to work with Pepe uh, Gomez mm-hmm. uh, to, because he, he promotes her, and they're yeah. trying to work with her, uh, with him. To get that deal done, and uh, that's what they're banking on. If not, what they've told me is they're they're looking at Naoko Fujioka or Yokasta as, wow. as the alternate. They're not they're not mm. going backwards. They want to go forward. No, that's good. I mean, it wouldn't be for the WBC title, but um, Naoko Fujioka uh, would be a pretty heady test for uh, for Sinesa Estrada. Yeah, absolutely. She's very tough. Now, moving on to Saturday, June 15th in Scotland, Hannah Rankin became the first Scot- Scottish female or female from Scotland to win a world title. It was the French title, in my opinion, the IBO title at 154 pounds. Hannah Rankin has stepped up uh, a number of times and has come up short, but this time she was able to score uh, for the vacant IBO 154-pound title against Sarah Curran. The scores there were 96-94 three times, so it's a pretty – a pretty close fight there. And the same night at the sports arena in Pico Rivera, Adelaida Ruiz scored an the decision of Ramirka Aguayo in a six-rounder at 115 pounds. Scores there were 60-54 three times. And Lorraine Villalobos got back in the winning uh, lane with the fourth-round TKO, her first knockout of her pro career against Daniel Saldana in a four-rounder at 108 pounds. I was in the house um, for that Adelaida Ruiz fight. And even though she was coming off a pretty long layoff, probably the longest layoff of her short career, it didn't seem like she had a lot of um, ring rust. And what I did like about it, David, I know you're a big Adelaide Reese fan, is that despite Mirka Aguayo only having two fights, and she came out to be, she turned out to be really, really tough. Um, she took everything that Reese could give her. Reese never stopped looking for the knockout. Um, she was a little bit of a, of a streak as well, Reese, in scoring knockouts and some very ferocious knockouts. Like, I think you named it the knockout of the year last year, uh, one of the ones that yes. she scored. And uh, even though, you know, Aguayo was taking everything that uh, Reese was dishing out, Reese never stopped looking for that knockout, even to the point where she put herself in a little bit of danger and she ended up developing a mouse under her uh, right eye. She thinks that it was from a headbutt, but still, I mean, she wanted to give the crowd what they came to see, and that was a knockout, and even in the last round, when it was obvious that she had won the fight, she still went after it, and that was pretty impressive on her part, because it tells us that she's willing to get in a little bit of danger to uh, 
to try to give the crowd what they want. And it's entertainment, like you said plenty of times, David. Yeah, exactly. That's what promoters need to realize. Um, one of the things that I hope that maybe a Golden Boy or a Tom Lopter, uh can can see that this this uh, fighter, Adelaida, not only does she go for knockouts, but she has a big following, too. Mm-hmm. And she's never in a boring fight. I've never seen a boring fight from her. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised on that, on that too, David, is that, you know, she has all the makings for to get signed. That's something that she has mentioned to us in the past in, in interviews here, uh, times that we've spoken to her, that she's looking for a promoter, and she, for whatever reason, I mean, she's from East L.A., none of these guys are interested in her. Or, or She did mention uh, the last time I spoke to her that she had gotten an offer but decided to uh, uh, did not decline it because I guess her and her team weren't uh, satisfied with it. So she's still looking. Another thing that I found out, David, and I didn't know if you knew this, is that she's being trained by her father. I know that her father was part of the team and he was part of the corner, but now this was the first fight where her father was the chief second. So I don't know exactly what happened to her old trainer, who was her trainer in the amateurs back when she was in her teens. And when she decided to come back after having three kids, um, he continued to be her trainer, but now her father is the full fledged trainer. I didn't know that. Would you now, say that? Uh, would you say ahead. that was one of the reasons for the the breaking of the knockout streak, or was it just the girl was too tough? I think the, I mean that that I you know that that girl from Tijuana. I mean I had I had heard of her, I hadn't seen her, and then when I saw her corner and I figured what gym she was from from Tijuana. I thought that she was going to be more technical and she was, she had some technical uh, skill, but she was a, she was just a grinder and she just threw punches. I mean, she, you know, I was pretty impressed by her. I mean, obviously I was impressed with Reese. She won the fight and everything, but I was impressed by Aguayo because every time that Reese went after her, she gave it right back. She gave it right back and, and the people loved it. I mean, that was the best part of the, that was the, even though it was, if the scores didn't reflect it, the 60-54, it was the most action-packed fight of the whole night. So, uh, and it's not the first time that we see it that the female fights the best fight of the night. Yeah, and then Merka uh, also upset Tomomi Takano, the Japanese mm-hmm. fighter. Exactly. That was a huge upset. Nobody expected that. Yeah. Well, we have a lot more fights to talk about in our review, especially some big fights that happened uh, a couple weeks ago, but with us now, all the way from the East Coast, is newly signed Golden Boy fighter and current WBC super middleweight champion, Miss Franchon Cruz. Let's give her the uh, welcome. Miss Cruz Desert, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Can you Thank hear me clearly? Uh, yes, we can hear you great. Uh, thank you for calling in here to the two-minute round. My name is Felipe Leo. I'm going to pass you on now to our boxing czar, Mr. David Avila. Go ahead, David. Hi, Pancham. Thanks very much for calling. Of course, of course. And we also have uh, Lupe Gutierrez, uh, who's on our show, too, for the second time. And she's from the San Francisco Hi, Pancham. 
Hey, how you feeling? Good. How this you doing? Is, I'm good. This is my second time too. So hey, maybe we'll make it a third oh. time. <laughs> I know. Let's keep it going. Yeah. So, so Franchon, how was it fighting under the Golden Boy banner? Was it was it different from the other fights you've had? Well, every time I step in the ring, I, I look to get the job done. Um, it was very nice. They were very uh, hospitable to me. You know, I felt like a world champion fighting in Atlantic City and just, you know, everything was nice, you know. And, and, and it's, it's, it's not easy. The, it, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was saying the energy was great. I was happy that some of my, you know, supporters from Baltimore came up and I made some new fans in uh, Atlantic City. So that was an amazing feeling also. And it's it's kind of hard finding opponents for somebody who's a world champion. Everybody wants either a lot of money or they want to keep their records undefeated. And you weren't like that in the beginning. Ex- explain why you weren't like that. I I wasn't like that because I, I can fight. I've always fought on the elite level, and I know I can fight, and I believe in myself and the people that's around me. I'm blessed now, believe in me wholeheartedly. And at the end of the day, I liken myself to a throwback fighter. Like, my husband teaches me a lot of stuff, and, you know, we watch a lot of old-school boxing. And, you know, the fighters back then, they fought. You know, win, lose, or draw. The greatest had a loss on his record. And, you know, Bernard Hopkins, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and, and he lost his first fight. Oscar De La Hoya lost, you know what I'm saying? So at the, at the end of the day, you, you got to learn. And if you don't get in there and fight, you're not going to learn whether you win, lose, or draw. Those losses will prepare you and teach you lessons for your next fight. And even if you win, you still, you know, look at things you can improve on. So I just like to fight, and I'm here for a long time and a good time. When you signed with Golden Boy, when, when you were at the uh, the arena on your last fight, uh, did you get to talk to anybody like Bernard or Oscar or did uh, they – give you any advice or anything? Oh, yes. Um, Bernard, you know, you know, told me a lot of things. Because, you know, I respect him as a fighter, and I'm sure if, if and when Oscar is ringside in my fight, I'm going to go pick his brain too because I'm not in it for just fame or things. You know, first and foremost, I'm in it for legacy. And, of course, I want to provide for my family. Um but I do want to improve, and now I have a platform where I can be steady. Um, I actually got to see Eric Gomez, the president of Golden Boy, uh, on Sunday also, and he, you know, he was pleased with my performance. And you know, I believe they have the tools to move me in the right direction to groom me into a, you know, a better fighter. And when it's time to do what I got to do, I want to be the best at it. And I, I don't know if you you were told or realized it, but I think you're the only world champion on the East Coast uh, for their for their East Coast division with Golden Boy. Um, how does that make you feel oh. knowing that you're the world champion on the East Coast? <laughs> hmm. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I, uh, that's an honor. And, you know, Golden Boy gets a lot of flack about them not supporting black fighters. Well, for me, I had two strikes against me. I'm black and I'm a woman. So for them taking me on, being the third woman, or I guess fourth woman, Sansa Golden Boy, third currently, 
you know, it shows that they are making shots to support talent, you know. Um, and back to your question, that that's dope that I'm, like, the only world champion on the East Coast, male or female, and hopefully we can, you know, change that. When when uh, people found out that you you signed with Golden Boy, uh, who are some of the people that contacted you or congratulated you? Did, was there anybody that surprised you that, <laughs> to, to call you? You know, I keep my circle very, very small. And the people that's already been in my circle, you know, I probably told them like a day or two beforehand. Um, actually, when I dropped the news, I just turned off my phone. I just put my phone down, and, and I like, when I posted it and, and everything, I just went to sleep. And, you know, a lot of people that, that, that kind of – I don't want to curse on a, on a radio station, but but a lot of people who, like, who like kind of looked down on me on my way up, now they, like, trying to be cool with me. And I say, I, that's expected. That's, that's how it goes. But – I haven't changed anything I've been doing, honestly. I haven't changed my hustle. I haven't changed my grind. Everything that I said I was going to do, I did. And, you know, timing is everything, divine order, and it's just my time right now. You know, it's funny that you speak about timing, but about um, before 2016, uh, women's boxing was in a, was in bad shape. Very few were getting a... Uh, put on fight cards. There was none on television, zero. And uh, you, you kind of came along at the right time. And uh, well, what do you, how do you feel about what's going on in women's boxing? Well, as I stated, I've been uh, always on the elite level. I've represented on Team USA for 12 years plus. So I was doing my, my part and pushing women's boxing for in the amateur ranks. I I was a part of that movement to get women's boxing into the Olympics, get women's boxing into the Pan Am Games. And as far as, you know, Team USA, our female program, I was intricate. I, I went to court to get women paid like the men because, you know, in 20, 2012, our women's team had the best showing in women's boxing history for, for USA, winning five world medals. And we weren't compensated like when the boys went, when Rasheed Warren went and won a medal. And, I, you know, I got the girls together, and we went and we fought for it. And now, you know, we're, the women are being allocated stipends and making money like the men and the amateurs. So I've been doing my part, and I'm just blessed to transition into the professionals at the right time so I can continue to, to push the narrative for for female boxing. Well, I wasn't aware of that. Where did you uh, uh, take that to case? Um, we actually basically, um, you know, Title Nine, if I'm correct, I don't know. It was one of the yeah, laws. Title IX. Yeah, mm-hmm. Title Nine, and I, I just fed up because we put a lot of work in for that, and I really didn't know. I just went to a, a buzzman, and I told him my situation. I'm like, look, like we deserve the same thing. So it was, it didn't go to case, but it went like to mediation before it went to case. So we had a big conference call, Christina Cruz and a couple other athletes, Tierra Brown, I believe. And, you know, we had the lawyers on the phone and we had USA Boxing and the USOC. And I said, look, you know, and we played our case and we got support. And I just felt so happy about that. And I don't say it to brag or anything like that. I'm just happy that my class and everybody behind us are getting those opportunities. 
And um, at, at this current point, I am the athlete representative for USA Boxing, and I am the athlete uh, representative for the USOC. So I'm a liaison between USA Boxing and the USOC. Wow, I wasn't aware of that. That's impressive. So you're a fighter in and out of the ring. Yeah, I got a big mouth, so I'm always fussing about something. <laughs> <laughs> it works for you. You know, I don't know how my husband puts up with me, but he loves me, so that's how they count. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of rumors uh, of recently. Uh, Clarissa Shields has got a record. That, well, not necessarily a record, but if you count Twitter as record, as saying that you were her toughest fight of all the fighters she's fought so far. She claims that you were the toughest fight, and that there's some rumors that somewhere down the line you guys are going to meet again when 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 the timing is right. Is that something that you foresee also? course um me and clarissa i always say that every interview our legacies are intertwined because before clarissa came on the scene i was a big dog at middleweight like consecutively from 05 to 2011 i held it down like i was a person to beat so you know when we when we met we we have a, a rich competitive history and i believe that we bring the best out of each other because i know she gonna bring it she know i'm gonna bring it so, I mean, now we're in punch, the business of punching for pay. Uh, we stepped on the scene and helped raise the level of female boxing. Now we're both establishing ourselves, and, you know, she's an undisputed champion. Now I have a platform, and I look to unify and possibly be an undisputed champion as well. And it, it's only right for the fans, for our legacy, and also for profit also. Like, that's one of – a lot of females always talk about, yeah, the money got to be right, this, that, and the third. But that fight, yeah, the money has to be right, not between us, but we should get what we what we deserve because that's going to be a high-quality fight, a high-quality fight, uh, higher than some of the quality of the men fight. Absolutely. I was there at that first fight, and I still remember it. I can still remember the sound – those blows they were pretty impressive <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I, i'm gonna i'm gonna pass you on to loopy uh loopy yeah pass the baton to you <laughs> thank you that's I my baby she's so sweet you know <laughs> you know we spent some time in the philippines and it was probably yes. you know we'll never forget that time it was special yeah it was great okay so franchise so Twitter was on fire about your post-fight interview. You thanked and complimented your opponent, Kayla Williams, and you thanked your fans. I even said out loud, that's why Golden Boy wanted her. You're a great champion. But my question's this. You're business-minded and a positive person by nature anyway. But did the passing of your mother make you want to be a better person than you already are? Or in what ways did oh. the passing of your mother change you? And you can add to that what role does your dad, Willie Cruz, play in your career in life? Um, man, you got to bring tears to my eyes because, yeah, my mother, her passion really, really just brought everything she poured into me out because I was so close to my mom. Like, that's my peanut mm-hmm. butter jelly. You feel me? Yeah. And when she died, yeah. it, a piece of me died, but a piece of me yeah. lived. My husband said when she passed, because I was at her side, that her essence, he saw me change. He literally saw transfer energy, and I'm a person of energy. And I said, yeah. you know what, I, I can either give up 
or I can live my life in a way that will make her proud and make mm-hmm. all her sacrifices for me worth it. Like her working three jobs, her not pursuing her dreams just to make sure I was okay, her working so hard that I never do struggle. We struggled. You know, I struggled mm-hmm. growing up, but I knew love. And I said, you know what, I got to go, go freaking hard. Like, I got to go hard. I don't care. Like, the pain I felt when she died, nobody else can make me feel that pain except maybe my husband died mm-hmm. or something. But I mm-hmm. said, y'all can't break me. Y'all cannot break me. And my dad, um, it was a rough time when she passed because I kind of had a falling out with my family. But my dad, mm-hmm. I, I, he, he stepped up and he's being supportive because my father was a three-sport athlete. And he was a jock growing up, and he's very smart. He's very uh, he's a leader also, always had leadership positions in his job. So he's, like, mm-hmm. just being supportive the best way he can and encouraged me and telling me he's proud because that's the only parent I have. And I spoke to him today, and he's just like, wow, you're really carrying our family name. So, you know, I take the support, the support when, it's, when, it's, when it's there. And I love my dad, and he blessed me physically. And, you know, I, I, I appreciate both of them. I'm a perfect mix. You know, that's a beautiful answer, and that's what I wanted to know. Wow. Okay, let's go to the next. I can feel it. I feel you. You know, you referred (laughs) to as a renaissance. My mom's 86, so, you know, I feel you. You are referred to as a renaissance woman, and Oscar De La Hoya recently called you that when um, he announced that you'd been signed to Golden Boy. Can you explain what this means to you? What it means to me, first of all, Shout out to Oscar and the Golden Boy team for acknowledging that because a lot of people want that title, but they're not they're not living up to it. For myself, it's something I grew because I had to wear so many hats. I self-manage. Uh, I also work mm-hmm. with my husband. This is just in boxing. The brand, the Heavy Hitting Diva, is something I built from the ground up. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I taught myself a lot of things. And I never, I try not to limit myself. And like you said, when my mother died, it just opened my, my eyes and my energy portal so much. So when they say renaissance woman, that's just, I, I do so many different things. Like tomorrow I have a keynote address. I'm great at everything I do because I choose to be, and I'm willing to put in the work to get better. Like even my, my sewing company, I'm self-taught. I'm going to go ahead and enroll in sewing classes, but I'm good at what I do. And um, I just look to get better and, and being around what I want to become, a better businessman. Because, you know, I had so many disappointments in my career and just in life, and people let me down. So it, it gave mm-hmm. me the power just to say, you know, if you're not going to do it right, I'm going to do it myself. I've been my own PR, my marketing manager. <laughs> I've been so many different I know. Things, so. I know you have. <laughs> so why not? So I, I wear that, that title proudly. And even if it's a little big for me, I'm going to grow into it. Exactly. And one last thing. Um, speaking of your new company, the Heavy Hitting, uh, the Heavy Hitting Diva LLC, you just booked your second speaking engagement tomorrow, which you, um, which you said. Um, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, well, it's cool. it's cool because this is the third year I've done it, but it's under different circumstances. And as you stated, mm-hmm. I, I, I went – and made myself a business because, like Jay-Z said, he said, I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. You feel mm-hmm. me? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've invested so much into myself with money, time. So, I, you know, it's time to make it work for me. 
And the the, the uh, event I'm doing tomorrow is through Baltimore City. It's going to be covered by the newspaper, the local news station. And it's just giving a whole bunch of resources because our youth uh, are impacted in so many ways negatively. And I'm just here to uh, share my story about fitness and how that deterred me from being super promiscuous and, you know, practicing unhealthy things and, you know, yeah. just just introducing them to new things and showing them like, hey, if, if I can make it, I'm from your same element. If I can make it, you can make it. You might not be a world champion boxer, but you might be a great tech person. You might be a great culinary artist, you know. So I love the event, and it's it's got so many great components to it, and I'm just happy to be a part of it and bring my knowledge to it. Yeah, it's a great thing what you're doing, and it's needed. Yeah. It's needed. And I feel, I feel like John, at the end yeah, of the day, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just want to make this clear. No, at the end of the day, like, I'm not perfect by a long shot. I'm not Jesus. I mess up in life. You know, I got my own issues, but I'm real. And I hope that, trans, mm-hmm. that, that, that translates to the people. And that's why people mess with me, because I'm real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Franchon, it's a pleasure. It's so great to talk to you. <laughs> I need to come over there with you girls, too. You do. You know, you're welcome. We'd love to have a um, personally invite you to our show. I know you have so much going on. It's August 31st. I mean, the girls would just, they would go nuts. They saw you in, walk in there. So I'll we'll talk try, about I'll it off, off board. Yeah, we'll talk about yep, it yep. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Thanks. No Great problem. talking to you. You too. Felipe. Hey, Franchon. How you doing? Hey, David. No, no, this is this is uh, Felipe. Oh, sorry, Felipe. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, no worries. Um, one thing before I, I get to my question is I do want to uh, give you my condolences about your mother. I didn't know um, that she had passed. Um, I my mom passed when I was 19 years old. So it was like over 20 years ago. And the, what you said, what you said is completely true. And I and that's what I took from what you mentioned about your mother is that nothing's gonna hurt more than than her passing. So if you have that, then you could make you could live your life a certain way because you could take risk knowing that nothing's gonna hurt more than that. So if you get disappointed yes, if you get disappointed or, or things don't go your way like you mentioned, it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. it's not gonna hurt more than your mom passing. So that's one lesson that I've taken from from my mom passing a while a long time ago, so so I, I I I'm so happy that that even though it was a tragedy, somebody's mother no no mother should ever pass, um but it, but they yeah, have to right? you know but they have to yeah. um it's part of life yeah. but if you could take that lesson from it then that's a that's the that's the last lesson perhaps that that your mother yeah. uh, gives you you know so moving on to the questions um. Besides Golden Boy, I know that you had signed with Salida Promotions not too long ago, and things didn't work out with them. But besides Golden Boy, were there any? And you don't have to name them, but were there any other promoters that were on the hunt for for your services? Well, I had, I had like two. I really don't want to mention their names, but yeah, I did have like two two that was interested in me, and you know. What I liked about Golden Boy is that they follow through and they were like when they say they want they were ready they were ready. So I I just like people who speak on that 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 act on their on their what they say they're gonna do. 
Sorry, guys. I'm tired. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> you say you're gonna do. <laughs> you say you're gonna do something. Do it. Cause that's the type of person I am. So, yeah, I was pursued by a few, but I just, yeah, they weren't right for me at the time. Perfect. Now, at 168 pounds, I mean, David mentioned it in his in his uh, series of questions that it's kind of hard to find uh, op- opponents. So, and quite honestly, the 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 late sub that you had. You know, she didn't really deserve. I mean, no, not not taking anything away from her, but like you mentioned, I mean, you got world class experience, so perhaps she didn't uh, deserve to be in the ring with you. So, with that said, are you? Do you have any plans of perhaps moving down to 160 and going after some of the names there? Well, I, I'm sorry, I, I have to disagree with you about her not deserving because she put in work with, you know, she put in work as well. And she needs a platform so she can possibly get fights because she's an adorable uh, opponent. So she'll probably get more fights and become world class level in the future. But but for me, I'm gonna. I, my goal is to unify 168. It's a, it's a couple good fights out there for me. Um, I just want to continue to get more experience because I only have what six fights now, and mm-hmm. the pros is a little different from the amateurs. And I, my my career has never been consistent like it needs to be. I'm not fighting every couple months. So now, since I have a, a, a motor, I could get more experience and, and work my way to where I want to be at and then possibly jump down. But I'm good at 168 right now. They want me. They can come to me. <laughs> now, speaking of unifying look, the... I might go get it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of speaking of uh, of unifying the 168 pound division, I mean, the WBO is vacant, but the WBA is uh, the champ is Alicia Napoleon Espinosa, who she hasn't really fought at the 160 pound limit. She when she fought and defended that title, she was around 160. And then the IBF champion is Eline Sederus from Sweden. Any thoughts on on those two fighters? Uh yeah, I wish Alicia would stop babysitting the belt and fight me. They used to say, <clears throat> first it was, oh, you don't have anything to bring to the table. Then I want a belt. Oh, you don't have nothing to bring to the table. Now I got a belt and a promoter. You're going to make your biggest payday probably fight me, sis. So, um, yeah, her and her people need to get it together. But respect to Lou. I ain't got no beef with him. But, yeah, her team need to get it together. But, like you said, the WBO is vacant. Hey, who knows? Maybe I could fight for that, and I'll have more leverage against the other opponent. Um, but I'm just going to wait and see with Golden Boy. We're going to discuss and see, you know, come to a, a mutual agreement on what, what direction we want to move in and just make it happen. Now, moving on to the Renaissance woman type of question, I read on your on your social media that you were giving singing another shot. For those people that don't know, you actually tried out for American Idol. Um, so, what does that you know what what is that about you giving singing another shot? Are you going to go out and and look for shows, put an album together? What are you trying to do on that on that field? Well, singing is one of the main reasons I got into boxing. Um, now I have a little more time. Um, I'm putting together EP. I have one of my songs in my bio, but I'm putting together EP and possibly do some performances, you know, and get in behind the scenes, like with songwriting and arranging, because I love the creative process. So I'm just going to, you know, spread my wings and really get into it. Now I have the resources and the platform to do it. Why not? 
Wow, that's awesome. That's how I started boxing. (laughs) Now, how did you get into creating uniforms? We know that you have done a couple for Clarissa Shields, and you mentioned sewing, and you're going to take a sewing class, but was that something your mom taught you how to sew? No. I was broke with expensive taste. Like, I'm a diva. I like sequins. I like, I like nice things. Like, my my taste is expensive, but I don't have any money. So, and I never like because my body type is athletic. So, I, I can go in stores and buy regular clothes, but they fit me where either it's going to be too big or too small. So, I say, hey, why don't I make my own stuff? And, I like to look good and look the way I feel when I fight. Let me make my own stuff and try. And I got a $25 machine off Craigslist, and my husband was hyping me up like, okay, big mama, you got it. Just try it. So right there, put some glue right there in the beginning. <laughs> and um, <laughs> other than my husband, my one of my first clients was Raquel Miller. I made her outfit mm. for, her, uh, for her second fight or her first fight of one of them. And it made me feel good. I like the way it makes me feel. I get frustrated, but it's, it's not it's not money driven. You know, it, it it supplements some things, but it's not money driven. It's like inspiration, like a paint a painter, how he paints, how he feels. So when I'm inspired, you can see it in my work. And sometimes I have to step away from it because I get stressed out. But it's more therapeutic for me. How did it come about that you made the uniform for Raquel Baylor and Carissa Shields? I mean, did they ask? Did you offer? Or, or it just what came it, up in the conversation? Go ahead. What The situation with Raquel is when my mom died, she mm. was really nice to me. And I had, because I had to pay for my mom's uh, funeral. And she had donated. And I was like, wow, thank you. You know, I don't want to take anything. Let me make, there was a token of appreciation. I was like, look, I'm new. I know you got something coming up. Just rock this. See if you can wear this and just wear it. And she wore it. And I was like, thank you. And, um, Clarissa, she had a fight coming up, and I don't know what happened with her uniform. She was like, Francia, I need a uniform. I'm like, yo, I got something, but you sure? And I was nervous for real because I'm like, oh, snap, this is, like, a big deal. Like, I know Clarissa, <laughs> but I'm looking at, you know, this is Clarissa, the world champ, and I got, this is my client, too. I'm like, oh, snap. And um, she was like, no, just give me what you got. And, you know, it was a hit. It was the uh, the zebra outfit, I think, the pink zebra, and it was a hit, and she yeah, loved it. Yeah, that was it. nice. Yeah, yeah, and we just ran it back, and she, she liked, you know, we had a good little little thing going on. So, you know, it was nice. I appreciated that, that they even wore my stuff or reached out to me, and I made another outfit for uh, Raquel. She reached out again. So, I, you know, I appreciated support from both those ladies. Now, my last question, I need to stir it up a little bit, Franchon, but I know that you're pretty close to <laughs> – I know you're pretty close to Marlene Esparza. You guys were in the Amateurs 2012 Olympics and all that. But now you're the stable mate. You're the stable mate of not only Marlene, but also Ginez Estrada. Are you going to stay neutral if that fight happens, or are you going to walk out with Marlene Esparza <laughs> and give her your support? Yeah, Marlene is my family. That's my sister. At the end of the day, she's small, but she can hold her own. And, you know, I'm a fight fan, and I'm a fighter, and I want the best woman to win, you know. Of course, I'm going to support my sister, um, but I'm not – I'm a real one. So, I, whoever puts the work in, I just want the best woman to win. The best woman is going to win regardless, you know. I don't – I, don't, well, I haven't even met – I haven't met Tanisha. Her father uh, shows love. You know, that's cool. 
and I don't hate nobody. That's her. It's Denise's ish. Marlene and it's Denise. But Marlene's my sister. I love her so much. But the best one is going to win. I can't fight for Marlene. I can't fight for Denise. <laughs> so you're going to have well, to you have it. put them heads. <laughs> yeah. There you have it. Not only is Franchana a boxer, a singer, a seamstress, but she's a pretty good diplomat as well with that answer. So uh, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Y'all Thank not you. right. Why y'all do that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta do something, right? All right, French John, we want to thank you. you. know you're tired. We know it's late out there in the East Coast. Uh, WBC Super Middleweight Champion, your second time on the show, like you mentioned it. It won't be the last. We thank you, and we bid you good night, guys. All right. Thank love you. Good night. I love thank you, you French John. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good night. And there you have it, Miss... Franchon Cruz Desern, WBC Super Middleweight Champion and newly signee to Golden Boy Promotions uh, with us on the show, her second visit here, and we thank her for that. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, I love her, man. She's great. She's very charismatic. I love her, too. Um, you know, very, um, very charismatic, very eloquent, and uh, very open, and yes. I think that's what uh, mm-hmm. the kind of fighters that female boxing needs to uh, elevate the sport. Exactly. Yeah, she also had mentioned to me earlier that she's going to be at the Fantasy Springs uh, coming up, uh, I think, when Marlon fights. So she'll be appearing there, too. Yeah. Anybody who wants to reach out to her. Yeah, without without moving on too much, because that, that's a little ways away, but I think I saw that Marlon's going to be fighting um, Guadalupe Bautista, which, you know, if you really think about it, it's probably her best opponent on paper, to be quite honest, because she really hasn't faced uh, any big any uh, any big names. Right. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough fight. That's a tough fight. That's the best. Rachel Sazov was zero and two. Samantha Salazar was two and three. Araceli Palacios was eight and seven. Carla Valenzuela was three and sixteen. Loeticia Campana was two and four. Joseph Vizcaino was nine and eight, and now she's going to be facing Guadalupe Bautista uh, in July at the Fantasy Springs, who is 12 and 11. But Guadalupe Bautista has, she's a champion in the past. She won the vacant IPF uh, Life Flyweight title. She fought Yesenia Gomez and beat her, mm-hmm. uh, who is mm-hmm. the Life Flyweight, WBC Flyweight champion right now. Uh, she's fought Lourdes Juarez. She fought Silvia Torres to a draw. I think that was because one of them got cut, but still. Um, who else has she fought? Montserrat Alarcón, former world champion. Jessica Neri Plata, Esmeralda Moreno, Roca Zamora. So she's been in there with the best. So never been knocked out. So on paper, yeah, that's going to be her her best opponent to date. Uh, so we go on and we move on to to uh, the rest of the of the of the calendar, the fight results. Moving on to possibly the best fight of the year, or one of them at least, in my opinion, was Mariana Juarez scoring the unanimous decision over Diana Fernandez in Ciudad Juarez on Saturday, June 15th uh, for the WBC 118-pound title. Scores there were 97-94, 96-95, and 96-94. Pretty close on that on those last two um, scorecards. And even though there was a lot of action, I thought that Juarez dominated the, the, the fight throughout the 10 rounds. David, you saw this fight. What did you think of it? Uh, I thought Mariana won almost every round except for one. 
Um, I didn't see uh, Diana winning. I, I saw her putting up stiff resistance, but her inaccuracy compared to Mariana's accuracy, I mean, I just had Mariana winning every round almost. But but she was fero- uh, Diana's a very ferocious fighter. She's got a lot of yeah, guts. I mean, she she does not give up. Lupe, what did you see in that fight? You know, you're right. I gave it all to Mariana. There was one. It was either the fourth or the last. Yeah, Diana is tough. You know, it was experience over youth. But 39 is still young for a woman. It's not 24, but mm. it's still young. You know, she's she's got it. It, it was like, it, it just looked like Barbie can see before it was happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she was toying with her a little bit. But it was. I thought it was a great mm-hmm. fight. It was exciting. That's a good point. And, and they left I think it all I, in the ring. They left, yeah. they left it all in the ring. Left it all. That's a good point, Lupe, about her being able to see before it happened. And I think it's experience. I mean, she has close to 60 fights, if not a little bit less, a little bit more. I mean, you yeah. got to learn something in 60 freaking fights, you know? Mm-hmm. And there was mm-hmm. nothing that that Diana Fernandez was able to do that Juarez had never seen before. Now, one thing mm-hmm. I did see from Fernandez, you know, she's a talker. She loves to talk. Her sister loves to talk. Um, she talked a lot with Mariana. I mean, yeah. called her old. She talked mm-hmm. a lot, a lot. And, uh, and Mariana doesn't back off. And Mariana's from Mexico City, and she's from a tough neighborhood. So she wasn't going to back off. And then with 60 fights under her belt and everything that she has achieved, she wasn't going to back up. But what I did see from Fernandez early on, being that she was in her hometown, being that she was looking to be the first female world champion of her hometown, I think the first world champion ever from her hometown in Ciudad Juarez. Hmm. Um, um, you know, I saw a lot of nervous energy in the beginning, you know, a lot, and I think that that for a 24-year-old who has fought for a world title before, she fought in South America and came up short. She fought Lourdes Juarez in her hometown, but, you know, going for a world title in her hometown and after all the talking that she had done, you know, I saw a lot of nervous energy and it might have been a little bit too soon for her to be in that situation. Whereas Mariana Juarez, she said it, you know, I have fans everywhere in Mexico. I don't care if I'm fighting in her backyard, people are going to be on my side. And I think we heard that in the crowd as well, that even though Diana Fernandez was a hometown favorite, there were some people out there that were rooting for, for Mariana Juarez. She's a legend. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm completely impressed with her. I think that with that win and the way that she won that fight, quite honestly, David, and, and you're a better judge of this than I am, she might be the best female Mexican female fighter that ever lived. I, I would agree with that. I actually do. I you know, the funny thing is, I've seen her since she was like 21 years old mm-hmm. and uh, when she was over here in California. And what a lot of people don't know is that she injured her arm uh, oh, way back, maybe 15 years ago. And she used to have, she used to pack serious power. And mm. when she hurt her arm, she kind of lost that power. Mm. And uh, I'm not going to say which arm it is because then people are going to know. But um, mm-hmm. she she used to pack serious power, but she's just she's so good, so skillful that she's gonna win anyway. She's just so accurate. and she proved it, and she proved it. She proved it in this fight because she was able to pick her punches and 
I mean, the Deanna Fernandez was throwing punches all the way to the end. But I saw it, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but I saw that by, like, maybe the seventh, eighth round, she was done. She was just doing it because she was in her hometown and she didn't want to – she knew that she she knew that she wasn't going to win that fight, and she kept throwing punches, but she knew that Juarez had gotten the best of her. And, and that's what a fighter like Mariana Juarez does that has all that experience. She just shuts you down. And, I mean – Ana Maria Torres did a lot in her career, and Laura Serrano, who was a pioneer for Mexican boxing, female boxing, did a lot in her career. But I think Ana Maria Torres' career ended a little bit too soon because she got married. She married a very uh, wealthy man in Mexico, and maybe she lost her hunger to keep fighting. And with Jackie Navas' last performance and the fact that she hasn't really – you know, being all that active and then she became a senator in Mexico and all that. And then with her last um, performance, you know, you take Jackie Nelson's last performance against a tough fighter, but still a veteran in, in La Tigresa Acuna. And then you take Mariana Juarez's performance against Diana Fernandez, who's 24, 24 years old, like Lupe mentioned, and you see a world of difference. And that's why I think that I will go out and argue that Mariana Juarez is the best female fighter that's ever lived to this point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would agree. Now, the same night, but in Vegas, and David was there, Mikel Mayer scored a unanimous decision against Lisbeth Crespo in a 10-rounder at 130 pounds. Scores there were 190, 99-91, and 98-92. David, tell us your thoughts in Vegas about that fight. Well, I thought the Elizabeth Crespo won the first two rounds. I, I thought it was pretty clear that she won the first two rounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then Michaela figured her out and with the help of her her corner, and then she started using uh, power shots and and basically catching her coming in with to the body and head. And after that, Elizabeth kind of stopped. You could see she just like froze. Said, oh, I'm mm-hmm. not going to do that again. And that was it. Michaela took over from that point on and pretty much cruised. She cruised the rest of the way. Uh, you could tell that she was trying to, to to win convincingly and put on a performance. But there was a round when Elizabeth Crespo actually butted her look intentionally. And uh, that kind of woke up Michaela. Michaela nearly stopped her. I mean, she went after her. Uh-huh. Uh, I, asked, I asked her after the fight, Michaela, did she get you mad? She goes, when? I go that hmm. when she tried to butt you, she goes, no, I didn't. I don't even remember. She goes, all I know is I was trying to knock her out, and that was it. And but pretty, pretty good performance. She's starting to uh, show that um, she's still learning the pro game. The pro game is different from amateurs, and and she's learning about the power, how to do it. Uh, but I still think she's on. She she's ready for the world title. That's mm-hmm. what she wants. What did you see, Loopy? Yeah, I think she's ready for the world title, too. I thought it was a battle from the first to the last, first to the last round. And, yeah, it takes her a couple to get uh, to figure the fighters out. And then she does, and, she, yeah, there go the power shots. I like Michaela. I like her style. I like her whole package. She's great. I do, too. You know, first, first lady, she's the first lady of top rank, and I think they, they started with a really good one. Good pick. Yeah. They've got somebody that has skill. They have somebody that's charismatic. She has a presence. She knows how to carry herself. She's a little bit more mature. She's a little bit older. She has the amateur pedigree. 
Um, she's gone uh-huh. through some stuff. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the fight later, David, because I know you're in Vegas. But um, ESPN had a lot, a nice vignette about her, a little story, five minutes. You can yeah, find that it on. Was great. Yeah, you can find it on YouTube where she talks about her teen years, where she was running a little bit wild, and she was kind of trying to find herself, and she did in boxing, and then with uh, uh, her trainer's uh, help, she she matured. She became a woman and 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 an yeah. adult. Uh, through boxing, and uh, it talks about that. And, you know, we also have to give big props to Top Rank. I mean, we've said it here before. This, um, You know, they know how to create a champion. They might take it slow sometimes, but those two matchmakers and Brad Goodman and, and uh, Bruce Trampler, they know what they're doing. I mean, they've been in the business forever, and they made – they made a ton of world champions. I mean, I mean, the list could go on and on. I mean, Oscar, uh, Miguel Cotto, Floyd, anybody you want to mention, you know, the majority of them have been made by top rank. And um, Lomachenko, and, um, um, you know, and they're doing the same thing with Michaela. Go ahead, David. Yeah, I wish they would sign a couple more women. Uh, yeah. Couple you know, more women. Yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah, and you know because they know what to do with them now. But you know, top rank yeah. doesn't. Top rank. One thing about top rank and about those matchmakers is, you know, they're very they're very meticulous with their work. And like we went over we went over uh, Marlene Sparza's, uh opponents. And I mean, I personally, and you guys don't have to agree with me, but I don't see a growth. I don't see growth. I don't see development. I mean. I mean, I, I got to give her the benefit of the doubt because, you know, she did have a baby and she's had these big spurts of inactivity in her career, but I don't see growth in her, in, in her style. And Micaela, we've seen yeah. that growth. We've seen that growth mm-hmm. and we see that developing. And, you know, she went with uh, Windeli Figueroa, who was 0-1 in her pro debut. Then she had Allison Martinez, who was 1-2. And, and then she jumped up to Nidia Feliciano, Whose record was nine eight and three, but we all know Nida Feliciano is a tough out, and she gave it to her majority oh, yeah. decision win. Then we have Maria Semer, I don't know Maria Semerzogolo, seven and three. We have Baby Nansen, another tough opponent, six and two. Mm-hmm. We had Sheena Flamen, five and zero, oh. and then she started kind of stepping it up with Edina Kiss, fourteen and seven, an undefeated Vanessa Bradford, and then she really stepped up with the tougher veterans in Calista Silgado, not a veteran, but a tough fighter, Yareli Larios. And then this fight with Mm -hmm. Lisbeth Crespo, I think that was her best opponent yet, obviously, and her toughest opponent yet, and her biggest learning experience. And a great fight for women's boxing. Yeah. A great fight for women's boxing. 800,000 views, folks. 800,000 views on ESPN2 this fight fight had. I mean, that's the biggest. That was more views. That was more views. Even though I mean, let's give let's 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 compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. That ESPN has a a much bigger audience than Showtime, but 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 it wasn't on the main channel. I believe it was the undercard, and then they jumped to the main channel for the main events, right? So this was on ESPN too, and she had eight hundred thousand views, and that more than doubled what Clarissa Shields had against Christina Hammer. Yeah, no, she's a star in the making. Um, mm-hmm. Her division is is very tough. You have yes. Maiva Hamadouche from France. I mean, can you imagine that fight? That, that's that would the one be I want to see. One heck of a fight. <laughs> yeah, 
We have we have a super yeah. feather. We have undefeated Hyun Mi Choi in South Korea, who's going to be fighting in the next couple of weeks, and we'll yeah. go over that in our in our in our this preview. Weekend. Yeah, we have Eva Wallstrom, who lost to Katie Taylor at 135, and she's going to be defending mm-hmm. her title, her 130 title, against Yareli Larios mm-hmm. in August. And then the interim champion for the, yeah the interim champion for the WBC is Elam Mekaled from France. Um, the WBO has Ewa Branica, 17 and 0. So 17 and 0, Olin. 16 and 0. Eva Wallstrom, 22 and 1. Ellen Ellen McCallum, 12 and 0. And then we have who I think is the best fighter in the division, Maiva Hamadouche with 20 and 1, 16 knockouts. And I think she's going to be fighting pretty soon against Janez Perez in France, the Mexican Janez Perez in France. So exactly. let's see what let's see what uh, they do with Michaela Mayer. Uh, in the next before the end of the year, and let's see if um, if uh, Top Rank can get her that world title shot uh, soon enough. On Wednesday, June 19th, from Shiba, Japan, Miyo Yoshida scored a unanimous decision over the Bay Area's Casey Morton in a 10 rounder for the vacant WBO 115 pound title. So, again, Casey Morton comes out short for a world title 192 times in 99 91, so it's pretty lopsided there. On Thursday, June 20th, our Special guest from today uh, at the Ocean Resort Casino, Francis Jean Cruz Desern, scored a fifth-round TKO over Kayla Williams in the scheduled 10-rounder at 168 pounds. Now, this fight, it wasn't on the zone. I think it was on Facebook Live. Did you guys get a chance to see it? Because I wasn't able to find it. Yeah, it, it no. was on Golden Boy. It was on Golden Boy Facebook. Yeah, that's and why I didn't... That Kayla Williams, she was tough. She gave... She gave Cruz a few blows. I mean, some heavy blows, but you know, Franchon just what is she gonna do? You know. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to take in my question to Franchon about this fight. I didn't want to take away from 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 Kayla Williams, but I mean, she was a late a late replacement, and she was zero and two mm-hmm. with one draw. I mean, to me, I mean, even though she was tough and she went to five rounds. A fighter of that caliber doesn't deserve to be in the ring with a world champion and with the pedigree that Franchon Cruz Desern has as far as the amateurs. I mean, she's a, a freaking Olympian, for God's sake. So, you know, not to take anything away from Kelly Williams, but it is what it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, also moving on Saturday, June 22nd in Edmonton, Canada, Ms. Jelena Maranovic finally comes back after a pretty long layoff to score a unanimous decision against Vicia Trovato in a 10-rounder, defending her WBC and WBA uh, world titles. Scores there were 98-91 two times and 97-92. I didn't get a chance to see the fight. I haven't been able to find it, but I did see I the... Uh, you did? How, how, did how did it look? Uh, I was surprised they the girl got ahead. up from that knockdown. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, Jelena, yeah. I mean, I think that we're laying the twilight of Jelena's um, career. She's 37 years old. She's taking really, really long hiatuses between fights. She hasn't seen action since April of last year. But the, 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 that's one thing about boxing. And, David, you could uh, attest to this better than I can. The last thing that goes is that power, and she showed that power with that big right hand. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty vicious. <laughs> I don't know how she got up. I yeah. really don't. Yeah, that yeah, was tough. Jelena, she didn't get up. She is tough. But it was kind of a mismatch to me. Jelena's a beautiful fighter. But it was a little mismatch. I looked, and it felt like it was a woman fighting a young, younger, like a teenager in a way. But that other girl, Vicia, she's tough. 
He's tough. Yeah, but Helena, uh, being mm-hmm. Helena being older, we spoke um, in the Philippines. I mean, she's older. She runs her own businesses, so she can pick and choose her fights, you know. She doesn't have to fight for a living, you know. She just, at the right price, she's in the right uh, situation, she fights. Did she mention to you that she wasn't even thinking about retirement, or did she see the, the light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, I don't think she even mentioned retirement. Okay. I do know uh, she, you know, she only fights for a certain price, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing that, that yeah, that's one thing that Amanda Serrano had and her manager, uh Jordan Maldonado, had mentioned here mm-hmm. in the show uh a long time ago when they were trying to make that fight in New York when Showtime was really hot on female boxing and they were really hot on Amanda Serrano that they try to make that fight and that Miranovic basically priced herself out. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, she, she's in a position, she's very popular in Edmonton, Canada. She sells out there all the time. Mm-hmm. She's on TV in Canada. So if you could set a price and they have to match it, that's the business of boxing, you know? Yeah. Uh, now, also on Saturday, June 22nd in Denmark, Dina Torsland scored a unanimous decision over April Adams to defend her WBO 122-pound title. Scores there were 193 times. And in Jalisco, Mexico, this past Saturday, Jasmine Rivas, former world champion, scored a unanimous decision over Venezuela's Ana Maria Lozano in a 10-rounder uh, at 122 pounds. Scores there were 98, 92, and 97, 93 two times. And finally, in the fight results, this past Sunday in Croatia, uh, Emma Kozin scored a third-round TKO over Edita Karabrig in an eight-rounder at 168 pounds. That's a fight that I, I want to see this fighter, Emma Kozin, come to the States. I mean, they keep building her up, building her up. But, you know, if she wants to make – I mean, I don't know if she's making big money out there in Eastern Europe, but if she wants to fight the big names, she's going to have to come to the United States. She's 17-0 with one draw, nine knockouts. 20 years old, a southpaw, and her one draw came to Iraiz Hernandez, but she was able to score the unanimous win in the rematch. And, you know, I mean, with that kind of record, she should be a, an opponent for Franchon Cruz de Zern, or if not, at one point, Clarissa Shields. Absolutely. All righty. So then uh, let's move on to a little bit of fight chatter. Uh, the biggest story so far in the last couple of weeks is that Shields, Clarissa Shields, you know, I've been thinking about this for a little bit, and I know you guys are going to agree, but she is the biggest name in U.S. boxing. I mean, female, professional boxing in the United States. I don't think there is a bigger name than yep, Clarissa Shields. You know, there is no bigger name than yep. Clarissa Shields. So her fight got postponed. She was going to go down to 154 pounds to fight for the vacant WBO title against uh, I forgot the girl's name. Uh, let me see. Habazin. Yeah, Habazin. Yeah, Ivana Habazin. Who, who? Let me, let me, who? Let me have. Uh, let's look into a little bit of her career. But that fight got postponed. Clarissa Shields suffered a a an injury to her knee. Doctors ordered. Dislocated to, knee. Yeah. Wow. Um. Uh, I. And she got um, her doctor's order told her to take it easy for like six weeks. So, or not not six weeks, but the fight got postponed uh, six weeks. So, um, yeah, to the fall. 
Yeah, Ivana Habazi, a little bit older than Clarissa, 29 years old, 20 wins, three losses. She's been stopped once. She has seven knockouts. Let's see who she's lost to. She's from uh, Croatia. She, fought, she lost her. Yeah, she fought Dina Thorsland. I saw well, some of that fight. She's a lot. She's a lot. A lot uh, lighter than uh, than than Clarissa. She's been fighting at 147. She's gone up to 154. Uh, every once in a while, she lost to Eva Bajic as low as 143 pounds. Uh, she lost to Cecilia Breakhouse at welterweight mm-hmm. back in 2014, and then she lost to Michaela mm-hmm. Lauren at 146 and 147 in 2016. And from then, she strung together five wins. So, so I mean, she's gonna be going up to 154. Her last. Four fights have been at the 154 weight limit, so that's a good, that's a good point. And I don't know if you guys caught it, but uh, after the fight uh, was postponed, Ivana liked to talk too, and she went after, uh, she went after Clarissa yes, on did. Twitter, you know, calling her uh, certain names about her weight. I'm not gonna repeat them. Um, yeah. And uh, Clarissa took offense. I mean, Clarissa, she's she's a bit she's. She's one of the biggest talkers in female boxing and not boxing uh, in general. And she didn't like it. So, she, I mean, I think Ivana is just rattling that cage and it may, good, it may be good, it may <laughs> be say. bad. It may be I good or it may be bad. Exactly. It might be good or it might be bad. It might be good or might be bad for her, but we're going to see. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be in September. Because the fight originally was scheduled for August, middle of August. So if it went back six weeks, it's going to be late September, early October. Yeah. Now, in other uh, Shields story, uh, Shields news, it looks like uh, she's in talks to bring her life story to the big screen. So that's pretty exciting yeah. because I think that's gonna that's gonna uh, you know bring some uh, some focus into female boxing. You know, the last big movie that we've seen that has to do with film boxing was, I thought it was a great movie. It's all fiction. I mean, it was inspired by a fighter, but it's all fiction, The Million Dollar Baby, um, which I thought it was yeah. a great movie, And uh, but it's all fiction. Academy Awards. Um, yeah, it's all, I mean, uh, Clint Eastwood and uh, Morgan Freeman and uh, what's, the, what's the, fem- the, the female actress name? I forgot her name. Anyways. Uh, so now Shields is in talks to bring her life story to the big screen. So hopefully that happens. Obviously that's years. I would imagine a couple years away, but she has been. Yeah, promoting but I think that. they already have the. They already have the director, and I think uh, the lady who she did. Um, God, there's some big names. I wish I'm drawing a blank. But they already have. Yeah. Some people I mean, I would say that. that, I mean, the earliest would probably be 2020 for him to bring it up. And uh, that would be great. That would be great for Clarissa, and I think it would be great for female boxing uh, to do yeah. that. So that's a pretty good story. And now, the we talked about it last show, but the WBC announced her clean pro, their clean boxing program for female fighters. Uh, it's going to be launched full on in September, but fighters are already starting to line – they're already starting to – uh, sign up and I don't know if they began the testing. I think the testing starts in September, but they have started to turn in their paperwork and sign up with Ibel La Roca Zamora, Lourdes La Pequeña Lulu Juarez, Diana Fernandez, and Marisela Baby Quintero being the first two in row. And today it was announced that Mariana La Barbie Juarez and Ana Rankin also signed up. So 
Good. As the rules state, the first five ranked in each division and the world champions of the division need to enroll. If not, by a certain date, I, I forgot the, the deadline, but they have to enroll by a certain date. And if they do not, then they're obviously going to be stripped of their title of their world champions and being removed from their ranking from the WBC until they enroll. So uh, good to hear. And um, I mean, it can only lead to, uh, to good things in the clean boxing program. And, you know, I don't want to, it's a, it's a sword. It's a, it's a, it's a two-sided sword because, because I don't want to wish anybody gets caught, but I kind of do to see if there is dirty women out there. Uh, I don't think um, I don't think it would be a revelation. <laughs> I yeah. think there's a lot. But 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 but, but, it, but that's okay. It makes no use okay. if they don't let them let them get clean. Yeah. So yeah. they're either gonna get forced to get clean, they're either gonna get forced to get yes. clean, or they're gonna yes. get caught. And one thing that I want to see, especially that a lot of the WBC, not a lot, but some of them, of the DBC fighters are Mexican, and you know we got the Clembuterol. And and I mean, if the biggest face in boxing got caught, which was Saul Canelares, or maybe not caught but came up dirty, so who's to say? Yeah. I mean, if anybody has the money to have a clean diet, it's Saul Canelo Alvarez. But to these female fighters who don't get paid, no, I mean, not even a half a fraction, half a percent of what Canelo gets paid, do they have the money to have a clean diet? I mean. I'm just going to go over the WBC champs real quick. WBC interim, uh, which is kind of strange, but whatever. Interim, uh, who knows? Brenda Flores is a champion recess. I don't know if she's going to get tested. I, I think she might be ranked in, number, in a top five at 102. Then we have Kenny Enriquez, the interim champion at 108, and Yesenia Gomez, the full-fledged champion. They're going to get tested. Ibella Roca Zamora, she's going to get tested. And these are just the champs. Top five are going to get tested as well. And those are shot full of Mexicans as well. WBC uh, Guadalupe Martinez is going to get tested at 115 pounds. At 118, Mariana Juarez, who already signed up, is going to get tested. At 122, Fatuma Sarika, who's in Kenya, who might still who might still have some Clem Buterol issues as well out there. She's going to get tested. Um and that's it for the Mexicans. All the rest of them live in the United States or in Europe or in Canada. So uh, except for Alejandra Jimenez, Alejandra Jimenez, who's the heavyweight champ, is going to get tested as well. So let's see what happens come September and starting those tests. Let's see what happens there. Any uh, breaking news from your side of the pond over there, uh, your side of the street, uh, David? Oh, well, it's, it's funny that we mentioned this right now because last Week, uh, oh, yeah. Tell us about that dinner. dinner. Yeah, tell us about yeah, that dinner. I was invited to a dinner with uh, WBC President Mauricio Suleiman. And uh, invited also were other reporters from the Southern California area. There was about maybe about 20 total. Uh, and, of course, one of the first questions raised was PED testing. And uh, I, I spoke. Uh, well, I asked him about it, and he uh, said that yes, they're going forward. But I also asked him why wasn't uh, why weren't they releasing the results from Katie Taylor and Delphine Pursue? because that took place under their guise 
uh, under their uh, uh, supervision. And he said that he couldn't do anything about the New York commission, that every commission is different. But I said, so then I asked him, but, but still, this is your this is your organization. You should know, you know, if it's positive or not positive. He didn't want to answer. Mm. So I, I don't know. At least suspicion to me. Like something's mm. not right. Well, well, to this, I, I understand I understand what you're saying. I understand what he's saying because up to this point, because that fight was last month or this month, at that yeah. point, technically, there was no clean boxing program. For the females. Not and, true. And Not true. Because he mentioned this in March. I even had the date, March 4th. Yeah, but, the, but I it hasn't him on been the phone. And he it said hasn't they been launched yet. Yeah, but it had but already they, been launched. Okay. He said so they, they were they already get testing. To, okay, so so to that effect, then he should have released the results because maybe he can't release the results of that night because they were administered by the Nevada State, I mean, by the New York State Athletic Commission, but he could administer, yeah. he could release the, the, uh, the results from the VADA testing, who does the testing for the clean, the WBC clean boxing program. Now, let's be clear yeah. on that. Let's be clear on that. Yeah. The WBC clean boxing program, the tests that they are administering for their program is are done by VADA, which are based out of Nevada, and who the the president or the CEO or the chief executive, whatever you want to name her, is world renowned. Uh, what's her name? Margaret Goodman. Goodman. Mar- Margaret yeah. Goodman, okay? Now, the NYCAC, the New York State Athletic Commission, they also do their testing, and nobody can force the, the New York State Athletic Commission to release those results, but Mauricio can release the VADA results for the WBC clean boxing program. So if those were done... Well, well that's, go ahead. But, but see, that's my point. My point is this. WBC issues this testing, they should at least get the results. Not just New York Commission, but the mm-hmm. WBC who is actually paying for it should be getting the results, and they should be, be passing it out, saying what happens. That's my only complaint. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know what the protocol would be, David, to release results. Like if the WBC receives, re- revealed the results, of the New York, New York State Athletic Commission administered administer test. I don't know if there's some kind of confidentiality agreement there between the mm-hmm. NYCAC and the fighters and the promoters or something to that effect, you know? Very true, very true. There could yeah. be some kind so, of agreement. But we've had Mauricio. Have we had Mauricio here? Uh, no, 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 we haven't had him, but no. I know you spoke, you spoke no. to him. Um, when you guys had some kind of like you guys had like a seminar or like a symposium to do with WBC clean boxing program and you were asked to be on it and you asked them oh no it was a I remember it was a uh, it was a telephone conference and we went on there and we asked him about right. it and he was very right. you asked him about it about that I asked about the Brenda Porras I mean uh, sorry Brenda Flores Luisa Haddon uh, Fabiana Bitiki. Uh, situation with the 102 pound title, and he was very diplomatic about that. So, just hey, like Francois Cruz earlier. Is that, Go ahead. The other thing, too, is that immediately after that conversation on March 4th, Melissa St. Ville fought Delphine Pursun, and they were mm-hmm. supposedly tested. What later uh, happened is that it turned out Melissa was not tested, and supposedly Delphine was tested, but 
what happened? Why wasn't Melissa tested? Uh, she actually got hurt in that fight. Uh, there was concern about her because she was hurt, and they were supposed to be testing. Uh, nobody knows what happened. All, all they know is that the testing was supposed to be done, and it wasn't. Uh, what happened to that money? That's well, that's not that's the WBC's concern, but still, there, there's something going wrong. Uh, they have to, they they basically have to talk about it, say what's going on here. Well. One thing about the WBC Clean Boxing Program, which launches officially, David, they put out a story officially. I know that you mentioned that they had already launched it prior to the the Taylor Pursuit fight, but officially it launches in September, according to their story. One one thing about the program is that there's set rules, there's set fighters that are going to be tested, so... I think it's going to erase all this stuff, you know, whether if NYCAC doesn't want to release or Denmark doesn't want or Belgium doesn't want to release or whatever the case may be. If you're going to be fighting for a title and you're the world champion, somehow or another, you're going to get tested by VADA according to this program. And hopefully they, re- they release the results. Am I a hundred percent? Yeah. I, yeah. Am I a hundred percent? I'm for doing yeah. Somebody has to do it. Yeah, but I mean, am I 100% sure that they're going to release results and let us know when things come out? I'm not, David. But I got to give them the benefit of the doubt. We got to see the program go out and see what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, because it is, I mean, I mean, it is the WBC. I mean, I don't want to throw any shade on the WBC, but I mean, some of the decisions have been questionable and they're getting a lot of flack right now. Not something that has to do anything with female boxing, but the, you know, that whatever the, the new title that they came up with for Canelo Alvarez, they're getting, I mean, Mauricio is getting bombarded with criticism. So, um, you know, sometimes the decisions are not great for boxing. They're good for the WBC and they're not great for boxing. I mean, if Mariana Juarez, God forbid, comes up dirty, is the WBC going to say it? If Anissa Estrada comes up, is, I mean, not saying, I mean, this is all just, you know, these are just me throwing stuff against the wall. But if Sinesa Strata comes up dirty, with God forbid she doesn't, and, she, and I don't think she will, but let's say she does, is Golden Boy going to ask the WBC not to say anything and, go, and the WBC is going to keep it on the wraps? Who knows? You know? We've seen it before in boxing. So we'll, who knows what happens there, you know? So we're running out of time. So let's move on real quick to the upcoming calendar. Just to remind you guys, our next show is scheduled for July 11th. Uh, Thursday, every other Thursday here on Block Talk Radio, blocktalkradio.com forward slash two minute round with Mr. David Avila, Miss Lupi Gutierrez from the Bay Area, and yours truly, Salito hey, Leon. Can I add something? Go ahead. Can I add something from our side of, of the lake. Okay, so, and this is um, since we're talking female boxing, but this is our amateurs, what we really do. So the mm-hmm. USA Boxing just have they're having the 2019 Youth Open and Junior Olympics this week. We have three of our girls from the beautiful Brothers International team. Today, our youngest, Perla Balzadua, eight-time national champ, just took the gold. We have Daisy Bamberger. She's also an eight-time national champ. She just took the gold tonight. And we have Jessica Guerra uh, from Rialto. She's a five-time national champ. She fights tomorrow. So maybe we'll be three for three. Wow, Remember those names. It's, yeah, remember yeah, the names because they'll be broke. It's the future. Yeah, now, okay. exactly. you mentioned you mentioned your friend on the cruise. We gotta move quickly because we got about minutes. 
Um, you mentioned it to French on Cruise Desert that, that you're going to have your annual Beautiful Brothers uh, tournament in August, I believe. Is that going to be broadcast live on Facebook or anything like that? You know, uh, we're going to try, we try to go live. We're probably going to have a better, um, have it organized a little better to, to stream it live. So that's probably what we're doing. Facebook live. What week, what weekend is that? The last weekend of, the, of August? It's that, yes, it's Labor Day weekend, Saturday, uh, oh. Saturday, August 31st. It's at 12 noon. It's the day after Mr. David Avila gets inducted into the Women's Boxing Hall of Fame. It's that weekend. So right now okay. me and my sister were, we're gung-ho. We're really just, you know, she's um, matchmaking. We're trying, trying to get everything, you know, together. And we, we just got the belts in. They're beautiful. The awards are, you know, are beautiful. The WBC is uh, sponsoring us. So we have some beautiful awards to give. Well, uh, we'll be talking more about that. We have that. 34 bouts being matched. 34 wow, 34. And what day? And what day? Uh, Saturday, August 31st. At so Fire you, in the Ring you, here in Brisbane. You're going to have two rings or just one ring? We have two rings. Oh, okay, okay. Wow, thank God, because yeah, 34 fights in one about, ring. <laughs> yeah, we have three, two rings. <laughs> we have about 10 baby, <laughs> baby brawler matches. Okay, okay, okay. All well, right, well, let's, let's move on. Let's talk more about it. Yeah, yeah, we got yeah. a couple of shows before, a couple, a lot of, like maybe two or three or four shows before that. So we'll talk more about it. We'll keep reminding you guys. Of the upcoming calendar, Friday, June 28th, Montreal, Canada, Mary Eve Dikari against Mary Lindbergh for the 154 IBF title. In Chihuahua, Mexico, Jamiles Mercado against Karina Fernandez, who is Diana Fernandez's sister, 10 rounds, 122 pounds, WBC International. On Saturday, June 29th, Santa Fe, Argentina, a fighter that, not, not just this fighter, but the whole gamut of sisters I'm excited about. Roxana Bermudez, who is the younger sister of Evelyn Bermudez and Daniela Bermudez from Santa Fe, Argentina, is going out for her fourth fight. Four-rounder Catalina Mariel Alvarez will be the opponent at 115 pounds. I think that these three women, Daniela and Evelyn, are already world champions. I think Roxana is well on her way. I think these three women are going to make history in female boxing as uh, a set of three sisters. They're going to capture world titles, all three of them, I'm sure of that. And on Saturday, June 29th, Oasis Arena in Cancun, Mexico, Yesenia Gomez going at, against Ana Victoria Polo in a 10-rounder for the WBC 108 Pantaro. Um, South Korea, Hidmi Choi against Wakako Fujiwara in a 10-rounder defending her 130-pound WBA title. And lastly, hopefully this fight gets uh, broadcast on the zone, and Shelly Vincent has gone on record on her social media to say that this is her last fight. She's retiring after this fight. She said it. Shelly Vincent against Simone Aparecida da Silva, the Brazilian that um, upset Iqua Kerwat a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, the Roy Jones Jr. Uh, trained mm-hmm. fighter. Eight-rounder, 126. This is on the undercard of that Dimitris Andrade against Masiev Suleki fight. So hopefully this gets Broadcast on the zone, but who you never know with the zone. I mean, they didn't show that Tinesia Strata fight from Mexico, so who knows if they do the Shelly exactly. Vincent fight. So, with that said, July 20, July 11th, our next show here on Block Talk Radio. David Lupi, thank you for being with with me and with us and with everybody. Female boxing, French Room Cruise, Desert, our special guest. We thank everybody, and we will see you on 
July 11th. Take care, everybody. Yeah. Have a good weekend. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. All right.